Welcome to the Westminster Presbyterian Church Sermon Podcast from Westminster Presbyterian Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. This week's sermon is from Head Pastor Owen Stepp, titled The Need for Attention, and is part of our sermon series on the season of Lent. You can join us for live worship Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock on our website, westminstercharlotte.org. Now enjoy this week's message from Pastor Owen. Our scripture reading this morning is from the book of Luke. It's chapter 5. Verses 12 through 16. Hear now the word of the Lord. Once he was in one of the cities, there was a man covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. Then Jesus stretched out his hand, touched him, and said, I do choose. Be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him. And he ordered him to tell no one. Go, he said, and show yourself to the priest. And as Moses commanded, make an offering for your cleansing, for a testimony to them. But now, more than ever, the word about Jesus spread abroad. Many crowds would gather to hear him and be cured of their diseases. But he would withdraw to the, des- to the deserted places and pray. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Holy God, now you have spoken to us by your word, and we pray that now your spirit would make it the word of life to us, that we might be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning we begin our series on the season, in the season of Lent. It's a little bit different than the last series that we had where we looked at the questions that God is asking. In these weeks leading up to the celebration of Easter, we are preparing our hearts We're cultivating practices in our lives that help us to pay attention to God, to quiet the distractions that Jennifer was talking about in our lives around us. Over the next seven weeks during Lent, we're going to focus on these practices that can increase our attention to God. Why is that? Why do we need to focus on that? Because we live in a world of distraction. Some are small and some are great, but distractions abound all around us. Where are they? Mark Roberts, in his Life for Leaders devotional series, writes such an observation. He talks about the time that he and his family went on vacation to Sequoia National Park in California with the giant sequoia redwood trees all around them. The tallest of these is the General Sherman tree, 275 feet high, 25 feet in diameter, an estimated 2,500 years old. But Roberts writes, as my family and I ambled through the giant redwoods drinking in their exceptional elegance, I noticed a teenage boy walking along with his family. His eyes were transfixed, not on the trees, but rather by his phone. He was engaged in some sort of video game that demanded his full attention. I was both fascinated and distressed by the boy's apparent unawareness of the extraordinary beauty all around him, so I continued to look his way now and again. Sure enough, as near as I could tell, he never once lifted his gaze upon some of the most beautiful and astounding of God's creations. As I think of that boy today, he finishes, I feel sad. But my sadness is not just for him, though. I feel sad for so many others who are just like him. I would confess 
There are times when I am one of these people. I get so wrapped up in whatever is demanding my attention that I neglect the beauty of God's creation and even God himself. Sometimes I'm caught up in my work. Sometimes I'm blinded by worry. Often what keeps me from delighting in God is my ever-present handheld device. My smartphone calls to me its siren song. How many of us can relate? How many of us can relate, whether we are in Sequoia National Park, or whether we are in a Bible study on Zoom, or whether we are in the living room with our families, how many of us, if we are really honest, will confess that we live distracted from the important things that God is putting directly in front of us at any given moment in our lives? The trivial pings and posts snatch our attention from other things that matter far, far more. And make no mistake, it's the business of big tech companies to keep us distracted and to keep us constantly coming back to our devices and their products. That's their business model. That's why we get notifications and banners and noises from our phones and devices all the time. They're to keep us constantly entertained or more poignantly looking for entertainment or engagement all the time. How many times a day do you think the average American checks their phone? The latest statistic is 96 times per day. 96 times during their waking hours, they check their phone. We check our phone. Whether it's a video game or social media or streaming services, their game is to keep you engaged and distracted as long as possible so that you're thinking about that device even when you're not looking at it. In fact, the CEO of Netflix, the streaming giant, said that their chief competitor is sleep. They're competing against rest. Are we happier or better for all of these things? I mean, you can, you've been down the rabbit hole with me before. If, when we go to YouTube for every, uh, for every one thing that we discover how to fix in our house by watching a YouTube video, right? We watch six more on something we were never looking for to begin with. The rabbit hole of distraction is bottomless in our age. So a few years ago, sensing this in my own life, for Lent, when we, are, we were in this season several years ago, I decided that I would put down my cell phone. That I would go back to a flip phone. How cool is that? Right? Retro. All I could do was call and text. And texting was really hard too, because if you remember on a flip phone, if you want to get to the letter C, you have to hit that button three times and hope that you don't overrun it. It was so frustrating. Those first couple of weeks, I kept standing in the grocery line and I'd pull out my phone, but I couldn't do anything, right? Or I'd pull up to a stoplight and there was nothing to see on my phone. But gradually, I think my mind began to relax a little bit and I started to see things around me. I started noticing people around me. I started seeing God's creation around me again. I started even talking to strangers. I began to experience the importance of presence. So one of my old mentors used to say, the importance of being where your feet are. 
his presence. But for that to happen, one of the first things that had to occur was to quiet some of the distractions around me. To quiet the noise that's going on that clouds our minds and because it crowds our eyes and our ears with immediate things all the time. One of our practices through this season of Lent is going to be memorizing Scripture, getting God's Word into our minds and into our hearts. And our word for the week this week is Romans 12, 1 and 2. You can see it with me on your screen. Paul writes this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Verse 2 says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. That is printed. It's on your screen. It's on your bulletins. Let's say that one more time together. Let's read it out loud together. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I'm telling you, friends, if you will write that down and read it three times a day, I promise you by Friday you'll have it memorized. It'll be God's word seeping into your thoughts and into your minds, and I encourage you to take that with you this week. In a world dominated by distraction, what does it mean to be transformed by the renewing of our minds in the way that Paul is talking about in Romans 12? To be transformed is to pay attention. The American philosopher and psychologist William James once defined human attention as a withdrawal from some things in order to deal effectively with other things. And he said it is a condition which has a real opposite in the confused, dazed, scatterbrained state, which is called distraction. What am I saying here today but that in a world characterized by distraction and influenced by distraction, we will have to put effort forward to cultivate attention. We will have to swim against the current that is all around us. It will not happen by accident that we cultivate attention for God in our lives. But it is necessary for us, particularly in this season of Lent. Because in, contract, in contrast to distraction, attention is vital to knowing God. It is 100% necessary to know God. The enemy works by distraction. God works by attention. That is why in our passage this morning and in several other passages throughout the Gospels, we read about Jesus, and in some translations it says often he would withdraw to the lonely place to pray. Often. It was a habit for Jesus. In the midst of healing people and preaching the good news and doing miracles in the power of God, Jesus himself, the very Son of God, knew that he had to withdraw at times, to pay attention to his Father in heaven, to reconnect with the one who had sent him, with the one who was his source. And I can't help but think that if Jesus 
needed to do that so desperately. Why do I think I can get away without it? How much more do I need to have attention focused solely on the voice of the Lord? Psalm 46, we hear God say to the psalmist, Be still and know that I am God. And it's a convicting passage for me because it makes me think, When was the last time I was still with God? Still in my body. Still in my mind. Still in my spirit, in my soul. When was I... The last time I was not thinking about the next thing that I had to do. Quite apart from God, when was the last time I was really still with my wife or with my kids? We are so distracted that we miss the things, the important life-giving things that God puts right in front of us. I heard people almost a year ago at the beginning of the pandemic looking for light in the darkness, as it were, say, what are the blessings that are coming out of this? Well, some of it was that it quieted the noise in our lives in some ways, right? If you can't go anywhere else, if you can't see other people, my goodness, life gets focused a little bit. Can we do that today? Without it physically being taken away from us, can we, can we discipline ourselves? Can we build the habits into our lives to dial in on the people that God has around us and dial in on God particularly? The enemy works by distraction. God works by attention. So what does God do with our attention? He speaks to us. God reveals himself to us. He reveals his will to us for our lives. When we quiet the noise that distracts us so often, we're able to hear the voice and follow the voice of our good shepherd, the one who is leading us, who loves us, and is leading us toward those good pastures. He's leading us home. He's reminding us of who we are and what he is calling us to do in this world, why he has put us here on this planet. There is no fellowship with God while we're distracted. There's an old song that I learned when I was a kid. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. I don't know if you know this song or not. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. We need that perspective of the distractions growing dim in our lives. To see them as they actually are for the things that pull our attention away from the Lord. That song is a picture of attention that is fixed on our Lord and in the way that he puts everything else in its proper perspective. Now if the enemy works by distraction and God works by attention, how do we cultivate attention? How do we do that? Because we've fallen out of it. We learn attention by practicing it. Much like the virtues of humility and patience. You learn to be humble by being humble, right? And it's hard. But that's how you grow that muscle of humility. You learn to be patient by exercising patience 
by growing and exercising that muscle of patience. And attention is in very much the same line with those things. Particularly with attention, we must make a choice to exercise that muscle. We have to commit to it. The larger issue is this. If we're going to know God, we have to make a choice to do so and commit to it. We have to pay attention to God with our lives. There is nothing in this world today that will encourage you to pay attention and cultivate your relationship with God. There is nothing around us that will encourage you to do that if we do not do that one for another. We have to decide to pursue God. We have to commit to quieting the noise and the distractions around us and break those cycles of distraction so that we can focus on God and break out of the slavery of the distractions around us. So for this Lent, I want to encourage and even challenge our congregation to focus on God, to pay attention toward God in ways that we haven't before, to really exercise our muscles of attention toward God and toward one another. You'll receive a card like this one. It's gone. Uh, a card like this one, and you'll see it on your screen. One will be coming in the mail. You'll get it in your email on a weekly basis. You can download and print it. Tape it to your mirror, put it in your car, put it on the table where your family eats together. Practice these practices together. I hope you will put it wherever you will see it. If you want to read more about some of these practices, some of them I borrowed from Justin Early's book called The Common Rule, uh, Ways of Living the Christian Life. But on this card and on your screen right now, you can see that there are three daily habits and four weekly habits. And we're going to practice these together. You don't, you don't have to do all of them, right? I encourage you to do all of them. I challenge you to do all of them. But if you pick one or two that you say, those, are, those will really make a difference for me, try them out, see how it works. The first daily practice is kneeling prayer three times per day. To get out of our comfort zone and on our knees before God. And it can be a, a quick breath prayer to God. Good morning, Lord. Good night, Lord. Three times per day. The second daily practice is Bible before phone in the morning, Bible after phone at night. Now, this will be easier for some than it will be for others, but how many of us, when we, when we roll over in the morning, the first thing we do is pick up the phone and see what thing has happened? First thing in the morning, we pray and we read God's word and let the word of God get in there first. And then before we go to bed at night, it's the last thing that we receive as well is the word of God. And then a daily practice of one hour while you're awake, turning off your phone entirely. Weekly practices, one hour of conversation with a friend. How many of us have that list of people that we say, I've been meaning to catch up with them. I've been meaning to connect with them. But in this time of Lent, once a week, would we put an appointment with them on our calendar to call, to get together? To fast from something for 24 hours, once a week. Whether that's food or something else. For one day per week to remember that we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The third is to practice Sabbath. To receive the gift that God gives us of one day per week for worship and rest in our lives. 
And finally, to memorize one Bible verse each week, the word of the week that we're looking at together. Let's repeat that one more time together if we can. That word of the week from Romans chapter 12. I appeal to you therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. These practices will shape us in the days to come, and they will strengthen the muscle of attention in our lives so that we might hear more clearly from God who we are and who he's calling us to be. These habits, these practices, these things that we do over and over and over again will shape us more and more. In his book titled Atomic Habits, James Clear writes, every action you take is a vote for the type of person that you wish to become. No single instance will transform your beliefs, but as the votes build up, so does the evidence of your new identity. May we cast votes in the days to come by the practices that we practice over and over again, by the habits that we practice, that we want to be more like Jesus, that we want to pay attention to God with our lives. If we want to grow closer to God, these actions of attention will help us do that. And remember, we're doing this together as God's family. We are walking this pilgrim road together toward God. We are together today, together beginning the journey toward the cross and the empty tomb of Jesus. So may we press forward in faithful attention to hear and follow the voice of God. Let us pray. Lord, we are thankful that you allow us to be together as your family that you don't leave us on this road alone, but that we are together. And so we ask for you to quiet the noise around us, that you would give us the grace to practice these habits so that we might not be so distracted in our lives. Forgive us for building up the distractions more than we build you up. Speak to each of us, Lord. Draw us near to yourself. We need to hear from you, our Father in heaven. And so as we walk this road during Lent, we look forward to that great day of resurrection, which we will celebrate in your Son, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Pastor Owen Stepp. If you'd like to find out more about our church or to view a video of the full service, please visit our website at westminstercharlotte.org. We look forward to seeing you soon.